0: From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is uh, Teeing It Up with Jeremy Shelling for Tuesday, May 30th, 2017, cloudy skies, 58 degrees, as we welcome you inside, and we are now, are now joined to preview the... Sorry, technology fails sometimes. Anyway, his name is Jordan. He's here to talk the NBA Finals. Mr. Jordan Brickman, thanks for coming back on Teeing It Up. Of course, Jim. How are you doing? I occasionally hit the wrong button on this app. What can I say? (laughs) um, Here's a question for you that I don't think you've been asked. Uh, You were out of the country two of the last three weeks. Did you ever, when you started to put together your schedule and realize you would not be in the United States of America... During the NBA playoffs, did you ever think you would miss absolutely nothing?
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because the beginning of May, um, you know, I realized I was going to be gone for the final uh, week of May, and I was like, oh crap, is that during the NBA finals? I knew that typically it's in June, but I was like, you know, maybe it wasn't this year, and I Googled it, and I realized, and it said June 2nd, NBA, uh, game one. I was like, okay, I'm good, I'll miss these third conference finals, but it's probably going to be Cavaliers anyway, so it's going to be fine. It turns out I missed literally nothing. Um, <laughs> So that's great, and I also bet Cavs in five for the Celtics series. So that worked out perfectly for me as well. Oh, there you go! Look at that.
0: Somebody's sitting pretty. Um, look, we've known this was coming for a while. You know, so many of us thought this would happen uh, last year, but it's it's tough to get here. You have to be able to actually, you know, stay healthy enough, perform well in crunch time, get past people. Do you think the fact that the Warriors and Cavs are here are a byproduct? Of what they've done, or or the, or the fact that, that that there's just a, a huge talent gap in the NBA, and specifically, the Cavs took the end of the regular season off and woke back up in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, but this is how the NBA always always has been for the most part. You know, there's a couple seasons here and there where it's a little bit more up in the air. There could be three, four, or five teams that go in. But for the most part, like when Michael Jordan was running the Bulls, they everyone knew they were going to make the finals every year. The late, the late, when back in the eighties, Lakers and Celtics would make the finals every year. Um, you know, this is just how it's just the nature of the beat. The Lakers made the finals pretty much every year when they had Kobe and Shaq. This is just how the NBA is. Um, it's a superstar sport. When you have the best player, you're going to make the finals. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. I think when LeBron went to the Heat, he started the era of the super team, and we're firmly still in that. Uh, the Cavs are super team, and the Warriors are super team, and there's not that many other than that are at the same level. Uh, clearly, just by like, you know seeing how much they dominated. I think it's just. The nature of teams want to be, that to have a bunch of massive super freaks on their team that are just going to dominate together, and all the best players are going to go play for them. You know, and I think that was proven with Durant. There are some exceptions, obviously, but when when you have Durant, who has the Thunder, who are a title contender, and then it makes his team that should have or essentially could have won last year even better. You know, it's just about making the best team possible. Like you're talking about Chris, Chris Paul maybe going to the Spurs, things like that. These, teams, these guys just want to make super teams, and. That's really great. It hurts the parity in the league because it's a superstar sport. But that just was... it's going to make the, the best games that we're going to see over the next two, to three weeks. The, you know, even better. But um, you know, these guys are just pairing up. They want They want them, They want to win a championship. That's the name of the game in the NBA. You have to win a championship to be considered. You know, any type of great player.
0: You mentioned picks a moment ago. Um, are you shocked how big a favorite the, the uh, uh, sorry Golden State is in Vegas? Um
1: no I, I i'm not um i mean I, I i think it's a little higher i would i would put the calves at a 35 percent chance of winning which i think is higher than some people have um, but i also had one 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 of my friends reached out to me today and asked me if i could place a bet for him uh calves sleeping and uh so there are people that are on both sides you know there's a the whole Desmond article today about have you talked yourself into picking the Cavs yet um i think a lot of people you know are, are believing and kind of like you just said you know they they took a they took a nap at the end of the season, and they kind of flipped the switch and turned it on some postseason time. Um, you know, I saw stats stat for the Cavs that uh, in the regular season, I think they were like 28th in transition defense, and now they're like the best in the playoffs in transition defense. There's things like that where that's mostly an effort stat that they can just turn on and become an elite an elite team on both sides of the ball. Um, but the Warriors are just better. You know, you, if you look at it last year, the Cavs barely won in seven, seven games and the Warriors didn't have Draymond for one of those games that the Cavs won. They were off 3-1, and now they've added a top-five player in the NBA on their team. The Warriors are just a better team than the Cavs, but the Cavs have LeBron, and they have Kyrie, and they have these guys that can kind of... It doesn't matter for those teams, they can kind of equal it out. So I was watching game six today from last year, and the Cavs came out so crisp that no one could stop them. If they play perfect basketball and they play crisp, they can definitely win this series.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, uh, seriously. Um, by the way, was the person trying to pick... Uh, I think he said Cavs sweep. Uh, were they trying to pick that for monetary reasons or because they actually believe it? <laughs> it's
1: 3300 which is like $50 to pay like two grand. Um, so I, I think he was just like, he's a, he's a, he's a Cavs fan. I don't know why he thinks they're going to sweep. <laughs> I cannot see it happening at all. Right. In any, in any, in it, I could see a lot of things happening. That's not one of them. Um, but I think he just, the, the
0: value was so high that he just said, "Sure, let's do it." I, I, you can't argue that if it's from a monetary standpoint, from a basketball standpoint. Um, what, what LeBron is doing to me is incredible because, um, and and I wish I could, re- I wish I could remember who said this because I would credit them. But 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 basically, here's a guy who had no supporting cast the first time he was in uh, Cleveland. He went to Miami, got a supporting cast, and still did it all himself and cramped in the process. Now he's back in Cleveland with a supporting cast and still does it all himself. What this dude is doing at 32 years old, when he doesn't have to do it all, but still is doing it all, is astounding.
1: Yeah, I mean, the most impressive stat I think I've ever heard about LeBron is that in the finals last year in the seven-game series, he he scored or assisted on 50% of the points. That's just he is the entire team. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he's Kyrie's a great scorer. Um, like he definitely helps LeBron and and eases the pressure on him at least from the offensive side that Kyrie can create at will. Um, and Kyrie's hit a lot of the big shots down the stretch, which he gets you know a lot of credit for. Uh, he's a great player, but LeBron is just, it does everything, especially in these games when you're turning up the defense and he's getting the blocks and the steals and he's guard. He's gonna have to guard Durant in this series. Um, you know it's, gonna, it's he. He just does so much, and he's such such an incredible player. I think he's almost become underrated. Um, for for, if he, for people that are still hitting on him, that aren't putting him in, in their starting five all time, <clears throat> that aren't you know putting him. In my opinion, he's better than Kobe at this point. Um, the fact that that that's still an argument I think is a little silly to me. I think LeBron's just so much more talented than, than I think LeBron's the most talented player that's ever played basketball. Mm. Um, and, and then it's just about you know MJ kind of had that. MJ had a perfect career, so it's hard for people to, to argue against him. But, of all of it sudden, going to have every single play, post and accolade as far as points and assists and rebounds and all that stuff. He's already got points, so the rest are coming, are coming after that.
0: What you did miss, by the way, um, while you were out of the country, was some insane Kyrie layups, which basically happened every night. But there were a couple towards the end of that Boston series that were just ridiculous. His ability to finish and shoot from the perimeter, I think, is, 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 is what makes him so special. He is very much uh, the the, the, the modern-day point guard, except that LeBron is somewhat the point guard you know, half the time, seemingly, anyway. But what um, Kyrie does, and having that finishing game uh, to go with the shooting game, uh, 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 he's insane at times.
1: Well, I think what's most impressive about his offensive game, well, hey, first of all, he has probably the best handles in the NBA, which allows him to get where he wants. Um, but what I think most impressive is that he never ducks. It's all, mm. he doesn't even jump that high. It's all just um, creativity with, his, with the way he finishes. He's just got so much finesse, so much spin on his ball. He can just shoot it from wherever, like you said, I mean, his layups are, are, are insane, and he doesn't, he doesn't jump that high. He, he, it's just all skill. Um, which I think is the most impressive part of him. He doesn't, he doesn't even need a vertical necessarily to, to finish some of these shots. He's just a very, very skilled player on the offensive end. Great shooter, amazing handles, and, and is really a, a very, very impressive finisher. Um, and I, I, and I, someone posed the question, you know, who, comparing the two teams, you know, point guard, shooting guard, etc., etc., you know, who has the advantage position. And it's really interesting the debate of Kyrie versus Steph and, and who people think. Uh, is going to be a, uh, the better player in the series. I think Kyrie's the more important
0: player, um, and I th- but I think Steph's the better player uh, overall. You think Kyrie has better handles than Steph for all Steph can do with the dribble? I, I, I
1: mean, it's, I, it's between those two and, and CP3, I'd say in the NBA. Right. Um, I think I think that Kyrie can do more in in game. Um, there's a couple, like there's a couple highlights I've seen this year and in his career in general of Kyrie. Um, he had one this year where he was drilling really in the middle at, at half court and he spun between two defenders and just kept going um it was like it was just such an impressive move just on the dime I, I, I do think that he he can he's more acrobatic with his handle um and his, I think his crossover is better than Steph Steph's just always trying to get to the uh the three point line but I mean his, his, his handles are also you know incredible too and the way that Steph finishes those underhand arc layups are uh are
0: it, it, it really is um, Steph has had a weird year you know he got off to a, 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 a he wasn't himself in the first part of the year I thought he, he, he got better uh, as the year went on and as he became more comfortable playing with KD and then obviously KD being hurt I think um, allowed them to go back to the way that, that they normally play but he has not had that Steph game that you know 12 threes and 41 points and and just insane kind of Steph like stuff. Do you think he needs to have a couple of those incredible MVP like Steph games to 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 uh, for them to win this series or can just normal Steph plus Durant plus Clay plus Draymond etc um you know is that enough as is? Well, I
1: mean Steph is, even if Steph's not shooting well just being on the floor opens things up for other players um I, I, well, I think one of the key key points that you that you just mentioned is, is Clay, because Clay has not been good in the postseason. Um, yeah, he's been a little bit of a forgotten guy. You know, um, obviously Steph and Kevin Durant have the ball in their hands so much, uh, but Clay has not been good. If he's not good, uh, that's huge. That, that's the, that's, the, that's an issue for the Warriors. So um, I think they need to make sure that they get him going. I uh, mean Steph, Steph he, he had a little bit of meltdown last year and the, the especially in game seven Look at that behind the back pass and turns it over his, his decision making was a little bit questionable he's proven that if you punch him in the mouth he will retreat at time um, so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting postseason. season. I mean I don't know if they know if he needs to you know have 35 at night like LeBron will need to for example he can he can have in the mid-20s and they can still win if if Duran and the other players are, are playing well but um for for it, for people that want to kind of look for reasons to hate on Steph, you're going to want to see him have at least a couple explosions, um, yeah. in, in, in the finals here because he was outplayed by Kyrie
0: last year. He was in the second half of the series. He was. Um, to me, for 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 the Cavs to win this series, they got a huge help last year with the Draymond Green suspension, and I, and I think that they may need something like that to go in their favor. You know. Yes, adding Darren Williams has been nice for them. Um, yes, Tristan Thompson is a force. You would think J.R. Smith now that his uh, 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 sorry now that his kid is home um, uh, uh, could put him in a better place mentally. But I think they may need help from you know Draymond misbehaving or you know something like that to help them again because. You got to do this four times before the other team gets to four, and I don't. That just changed the series so much last year. Yeah, for
1: sure. Well, I, I think I think uh, if you're the Cavs, the first thing you're looking at is trying to minimize a guy like Clay, because Durant's going to go off. You're, you're going to put LeBron on him, and LeBron's going to do the best he can. Or uh, maybe you put you know he is probably, probably too small for him, and some of these guys, but. Um, you know Durant's going to be go off. Steph's probably going to go off. But if you can shut down Clay, it, it, it makes things a little bit easier um, to, to stop the other guys. Not that you, you know, it's easy to stop them, but you know if, you, if all of them are going off, it's for, if you have no shot. So if you kind of Clay, I think Clay is the easiest of the three to stop. Um, so I, I think it's about maybe, maybe they get lucky and Clay just doesn't figure it out for the whole series. Um, not likely, but he hasn't been good for the whole postseason. So um, you know maybe they get lucky that someone just doesn't show up. Type of thing. I mean, to, to expect Draymond to get, you know, like the suspension last year was so fluky. It'd be, I'd be shocked if it happened again. Uh, he hasn't. Draymond has not been really kicking people as much this postseason, yes. so he hasn't had that history of it this year. Um, I mean, that's that's why, uh, kind of like you said, I think the Warriors are, g- are going to pull it up They're just, they're, in my opinion, they're probably the most talented team of all time, uh, at least in the starting five. Yeah. So it's, it's but then you got LeBron. He's the most talented player of all time against them. So. It's it's gonna be a battle, but it's it's gonna be very difficult for the Cavs to win.
0: Right before recording this podcast, you um uh, came from playing basketball. If you were LeBron James, how do you defend Kevin Durant?
1: I think you just gotta be physical with him because you know Durant, which I think Durant used to. Obviously, Durant's you know always been a skinny guy. Um, but I I think if if Durant starts shooting threes, and then you have to close out, and then you start penetrating and then dishing out. That gets everyone else open, you know, Steph and and Clay, and uh, even Draymond and these other guys that that can hit just open threes. So I think it's kind of difficult to try to make him uncomfortable, Um, you know, bring help when you can, try to give him some different looks, and and, uh, maybe double every so often just to kind of, you know, make him a little uncomfortable, get him off balance, but it's hard to stop him. And it's going to be extra hard for LeBron who's going to have to do it offensively and guard, you know, one of the best wings in, in, in the NBA and one of the most unique wings at that. Um, I think you just got to be, a, LeBron's significantly stronger than Durant, so I think you just got to be really strong really, you know, really physical with him and try to make him uncomfortable.
0: Most important bench player for each team is? Good
1: question. Uh, I mean, for the Warriors, it's Iguodala. is probably going to be guarding LeBron again. I mean, you saw what he did in, the, in their championship. Um, he, he's such an, an important key for them um and then for the Cavs I'll, I'll go with Shumpert uh just because he's going to be tasked with the defensive end uh kind of he'll be guarding he'll be probably guarding Clay or probably be guarding uh Steph I, I think it's just all about you know can they slow people down defensively um I think I would I would say Shump um uh, for the Cavs because their starting, starting line is going to be out there for but I do think that love
0: is the X factor though for the Cavs. That was my next question. What's interesting about this is I actually will disagree with you on the Warriors. I'll say Sean Livingston because the way he runs that second unit and the fact that he can play alongside Steph in addition to replacing Steph, it, it, it brings a sense of order to that second unit. And I think sometimes in finals where you're um, where your bench rotation gets shorter, when you have somebody that can bring order to the second unit and give the guys who need the rest rest, and don't force them back into the game sooner, that's huge. And Livingston's done that all during this run and has been super effective at it.
1: Yeah, I mean Livingston's a great player. Um, I, I don't disagree that he's going to be a big, big part of the of the the series. He had a great a couple great games last year, um, coming off the bench. You know, instant offense Playout. when. You know, not that the Warriors need more offense, but, you know, another, always a boost is, is nice. Uh, I just think that Iguadala, um, as the defensive stopper on the wing, um, they don't really have anyone behind him on the wing that can yeah. uh, play that defensive role, and it's going to be so valuable against LeBron. And, and you saw the playmaking that Iguadala had, um, you know, again, especially when he, I mean, Iguadala won the MVP in the finals um, to show you kind of the impact he can have. So I, I, think, I think he's the most important, but. but Especially because how sh- the the Cavs are a deeper team than the Warriors are, so second unit is a big opportunity for them to, um, you know, kind of get some points back if they need to. So I, I think you know Livingston is going to be an important player to make sure that the second unit does doesn't fall behind too much.
0: And as I believe it was Mike Greenberg said this morning on uh, Mike and Mike, um, he uh, he won that MVP award and LeBron still scored thirty two and had like you know fifteen and something else. <laughs> You know, it's all relative when it comes to LeBron in these finals because of just the output that he uh, um, has. Uh, uh, for the X factors, uh, sorry, sorry. For the X factors for uh, for each team, the first you said obviously was Kevin Love for the Cavs. Why him, and then who for the Warriors?
1: Yeah, well, I think I, I think you know Kyrie and LeBron are going to get their points. They're going to they're going to go off. They're going to do what they need. that they're going to do. I think Love just makes everything so much easier for them if he, if he is, a, is a factor. If he's hitting his three-point shot, if he's getting a rebound, if he's scoring in the post, because the, the, like, the Warriors don't really have a great post presence. Um, I think that that's, you know, defensively. But as I say that, I think my X factor, and I think he's going to have uh, at least one or two big gains in the, post, in the, in the series, is uh, Jabelle McGee. I think he's going to have an impact out there, and I knew it as soon as they signed him. I was like, he's going to have a big game or two in the, in the finals, and he's going to win them a game. Um, and I, I think I think it's McGee, and I think it's also Clay, um, mm. because Clay has been bad, and if Clay's hitting, then it makes just everything so much. And he's also great defensively, Clay is, but um, it makes everything so much easier for them offensively. But I, I think McGee is uh, my dark horse for for making a big impact in the, in the series.
0: That um, that uh uh. Uh, sorry. That makes perfect sense, and he obviously could be somebody who, um, who could be the who could be the un- unsung hero who gets credited. Two more. First of all, Steve Kerr probably won't coach during this finals. Uh, you think that has any factor in the end? No,
1: because Mike Brown knows all the play. He knows that he knows all the plays. He knows the systems in place. Um, you know, Steve. I think if anything, it could be extra motivation if Steve Kerr shows up. You know before some of the games. I'm not sure what his top like right now. How, he'll he be, be there, yeah. So Steve Kerr could definitely kind of add some, not to the initial motivation to the finals, but yeah. a little extra pump up. Um, I mean, I think Mike Brown knows how plays knows what Kerr does, does at a timeout, and um, we'll just kind of mimic that. I think, I think he'll be
0: fine. Uh, uh, Steve Kerr, by the way, said that he will be with the team every step of the way. He just may not be. Leading practice and on the floor okay. and, 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 and and that stuff. Finally, the most... Well, 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 sorry, before we get to your finals pick, super quick question about the Mets. I thought I'd be next talking to you about the Mets and I would just totally avoid this subject because they've been so bad. But have they turned the corner? Is this salvageable? Well, I mean, I, first of all, the season's long. It two is. Months in, it two months in, these
1: guys... Are, are, have enough talent on the roster to, to, to make some moves. I mean, I was I was gone for the last week, but I, I checked the box score every day. Seems like Harvey's maybe getting it together a little bit. Ciselman's now had back-to-back good starts. Degrom is who's been solid all year. Seems to be back to dominant um, again, which is obviously which you love to see his PC back in ace form, which is great. Wheeler's been actually the most consistent guy in the in the rotation. He'll he'll give you five to six innings and keep the guys under for the team under three runs at each game. Um, And the offense has been there. The offense has absolutely been there. Um, Cespedes got re-injured this past weekend, but seems like he'll still be back, you know, mid-June maybe. Matt and Lugo should be back this week or early next week. So there's guys coming. The bullpen is a huge concern. They really need someone to multiple guys to step up in the bullpen. Um, But I'm not not giving up hope. I mean, look, if you can get to the All-Star break at 500, you're feeling pretty good. And I don't think that that's, you know they have a month and a half to do that, so I don't see why that uh, that's you know a ridiculous thing to think. If, if if they play well, if they win series, maybe throw a sweep or two in there, I, I think they can get back to 500 or close to it at least, uh, and then just build from that in the, in the second half when Dog's th- back and hopefully get Amelia back um, and all these guys and, and, and uh, you know kind of build from there.
0: It's all about the bullpen. The song we should be downloading that is your go-to summer jam for the summer, if it's out yet, is? Uh, Despacito. What? I used to say It's a
1: Spanish song called
0: Despacito. Oh, 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 yes, Despacito, yes, with Justin Bieber. Uh, one of those guys sounds exactly like um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, and when he says the Puerto Rico line, he says it exactly like the way Lin-Manuel Miranda says it, and I thought for days that was him, and I... And I was so disappointed to look it up and see that it wasn't. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no, it's not. But uh, it's such a catchy song. It is. I was, sing- I was singing it uh, the last few weeks. So it's so catchy.
0: Your NBA Finals pick is...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just pain. Re- I'll be rooting for the Cavs. Um, but I think uh, Warriors in six is my uh, is my official prediction. But I'm hoping for Cavs in seven.
0: Uh, I... I'm going to pick Warriors and 7 partly because Game 7 is on a Sunday night, and that means I could guaranteed see it to the end before I have to go to sleep. I sound like a 10-year-old, but this is the commuting life. Uh, uh, We shall see. It should be epic. Jordan Brickman, as always, thanks for coming on Teeing It Up to talk uh, the National Basketball Association.
1: Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, so we thank Jordan for coming on. Just, just one thing about the, the, uh, about Tiger Woods. Um, it's incredibly sad. It's, this whole thing is just incredibly sad and heartbreaking. And uh, it, it just breaks your heart. There's something wrong here. That police report today and what was in the incident report and the drugs that were in the system... This is not a rogue interaction of chemicals. And and, I don't like to speculate on people's problems, but why are you doing this out at 3 a.m.? You've got these things in your system. You just said last week you were pain-free. Why are you on Vicodin? Um, I just hope he gets the help. Tiger has meant so much to so many people, and he's such a positive figure to so many people. And to have incidents like this happen, and be so close if you believe his words to being right back on the you know on on a hopefully healthy trail to to you know get back on the up and up and, and to start competing for wins. To do that, ugh God. It's heartbreaking. So all my best to Tiger, his family, his kids, his friends, his family, his mother. Um Hope that he gets whatever help he may or may not need, and hope that the support system for a man who so often has been in private is there to support him. We thank you for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. We thank Jordan Brickman for previewing the NBA Finals, and we will see you next week. Almost time for U.S. Open previews, uh, folks. Take care.